Welcome to the In Vino Fabulum podcast. I'm Patrice. And I'm Laura. We're your co-hosts for the In Vino Fabulum. That means in wine story. We think there are a number of tales to be shared about women and wine. This is a space to offer a narrative and chat about both. So an interesting article I came by recently and shared on social media was why women volunteer for tasks that don't lead to promotions. And the, the gist of the article talks a little bit about what they term office housework. And, you know, that includes things like organizing a holiday party, um, taking notes, serving on committees, or, you know, just doing other somewhat routine work. And the idea that, you know, this is not a new idea that we've heard before that, you know, women seem to tend to volunteer more for these volunteer tasks. Um, So this article in the Harvard Business Review they actually did a few research studies to try and get at not not just that that was what was happening, but like why was that happening? And there was a survey of a Carnegie Mellon faculty that found that um, a, you know ninety percent agreed that an, if you were an assistant professor, you had a higher chance of promotion if you spent more time researching than doing committee work. And so again, if women are doing more committee work or some of these office tasks rather than focusing on research, it's really impacting their tenure promotion and ultimately their, ultimately their pay. That's a good point you make because I think some of us volunteer out of, I could just get that done. This is just a quick task or those other people are inefficient at this. So I think that's really important you bring it up because the things that we're volunteering for are not that they're menial. They're just not going to make an impact to what we do professionally and how we grow. Yeah. And they found that, you know, there was like over 3000, um, faculty member who were asked to volunteer for a committee and the, of the people that volunteered, 7% were women and 2.6 were men. So, you know, it's almost, it's over double. So they did two um, experiments, and one was where they had the um, male and female participants sit in front of a computer in a lab, and they did like 10 rounds of a decision-making process. Okay. And they, all they had to do was like push a button, and the re, you know, one of the reasons for that was to, kind of, to reinforce that it's not skills-based. So it wasn't like women might choose to volunteer or not volunteer to do something because they didn't feel they were qualified because all they had to do was press the button. And the really like what really struck me uh, was that if you chose to volunteer, you received a dollar and 25 cents. And once you you chose to volunteer, like say you you chose to volunteer, you would get a dollar twenty five. Well, since I'm in your group and you chose to volunteer, I get two dollars. So by volunteering, you're actually rewarded at a lower a lower rate. Yet they found that the women were forty eight percent more likely to volunteer than men. So you're saying that um, they knew the price of volunteering versus mm-hmm. reward, which was below their pay rates. And they still said, yes, I'm going to volunteer to do this. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, one of the, you know, one of the questions that comes up is, 
you know, are women just more altruistic or they don't want to make waves or you're just kind of used to being in that role. Like the work has to get done. I'm just going to like do it because nobody else is going to jump in and do it. Um, so they then did a, another experiment where, um, they had all the women in one group and all the men in, you know, in a different group. And they actually found that if the group was all women, uh, the women expected other women to volunteer. So therefore they were actually less compelled to volunteer. And in the, you know, in the male groups, um, the men knew that like, you know, somebody had to step for step forward to do it. So, you know, in that situation, they were actually more inclined to do so. Interesting. So, and this was the same type of work and same type of setting. Like I'm just trying to figure out their, uh, controls on this one. Okay. So I think your question about altruism or just volunteering, um, or a sense of people picking up, uh, women picking up the slack or thinking they have to be part of, uh, doing this routine, whatever tasks, did they come to an answer on each one of these, knowing the discrepancy in the groups, both single gendered and mixed gendered? They really, I don't, they really didn't come to any generalize, generalizable results, but one of the, um, you know, one of the, I, I think it really raised more questions than answers. Um, but another interesting outcome was that, you know, like in the all female groups, the volunteer, you know, they did 10 rounds. And so the volunteering was kind of spread, you know, like one time one woman volunteered, another time another woman volunteered. However, in the male groups, it was like the same man that would volunteer each time. So, you know, it would be interesting to dig in a little more on, you know, on what's really going on. And I wonder, like, thinking about our organizations and um, and higher ed and departments and our culture of the institutions we have, I wonder about the the leadership or management role in some of this, if they recognize any of kind of who takes up the work. And this question got brought up in my um, unit, my department last uh, semester, because my chair, she realized and said, like, the amount of work being done, um, some of it was committee, but she also looked at the distribution of students and courses and coursework. And it wasn't just the number of courses, but it was the number of students. And she said more women had more students within that department. And that was something that was recognized and um, I think is being addressed and will be in the future semesters uh, because that was noted that uh, more women faculty took up the teaching role than the male faculty did. Hmm. That's interesting because the other thing that I've seen is, you know, say a department has a token female or a token, you know, underrepresented minority mm-hmm. that that person tends to, to get tasked with everything. You know, if you're like the token female, then you are the mentor for every woman that comes through that department, or you're going to be, you're asked to be on every panel or you're asked to volunteer, you know, in every committee. And so you get almost this ghost load that typically is not recognized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do think there's, so we are, we are evening off our, the sex of our department in terms of male-female distribution because we are from a computer science cognitive area 
and a training development performance area. So we aren't a heavily just one gender department anymore, but uh, I believe the people who grew up previously were in engineering or computer science in my department. Um, I have heard from uh, the women in the department how the burden of that work was expected on them and, and they had to really stand the ground to say, this isn't just my role. This is, I have to do my research too, but you're right. You have to have people recognizing that from their own perspective and you hope their, their leadership or supervision, those managing would also recognize that within the organization. Yeah. So I think, you know, one of the questions then is how, you know, how might you distribute tasks more evenly? And so maybe instead of just simply asking for people to volunteer, you have some sort of, uh, you know, for example, with note taking, maybe you just alternate, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you have a weekly meeting each week, it's somebody different, but that's a first step is just thinking about, you know, what are the tasks that need to be done and how might it be more equitable the way they're distributed? Yeah. Our committees and some of our areas have elections and so they're voted upon. Um, it's just not someone who volunteers or, um, it's a shared responsibility sometimes it's a, it's a chair, dual chairs. So we see a lot of, um, men and women co-chairing and sharing that leadership. Um, so I think, it's also mapping out who's doing what because there's a lot of moving parts in some of our offices and departments. So knowing what responsibilities people have, not just their role, but like for the shared work, the committees, the task force, the projects, who's on what and how is that moving along the pipeline, I think is really important throughout the year. Yeah, because it, I mean, this article didn't talk about it, but I know we've talked about it in other episodes that, you know, frequently, I mean, like it, women it's like you have to work twice as hard to get just as far. And so from that standpoint, I think that there's a, you know, a sense where women just feel like I need to compensate by volunteering more and networking more and getting to know more people. And our answer is no, figure out what you're doing and what you need to do and what you don't need to do. I think that's a really important lesson to think about. Yeah. Yes. Thanks for bringing this forward, Patrice. It's a really interesting read, and we'll drop it in with um, another couple of articles we saw around um, boundaries. And uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy the read from the Harvard Business Review. We did. This podcast wants to continue the conversation with women about stories and why. So we would love to hear you tell us what voices, ideas, questions, and random wine facts you hope we'll chat about in a future episode. Find us on Twitter at or on the hashtag InVinoFab. And we'll always welcome love or messages by email at InVinoFabulum at gmail.com. To stay tuned to for the next episode, please subscribe to the InVinoFab podcast via Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. And remember, in wine, there is a story. InVinoFabulum. <laughs>